Listener supported. WNYC Studios. WQXR. In conversation. Icelandic composer Anna Thorvaldsdottir experiences music differently from you. Well, I can't be entirely sure that she does, but after talking with her about textures and sounds and layerings and traveling through all those different musical elements that she uses to create her own emotional experience with that music, I'm willing to bet that she does. We also talk about her new chamber opera, Ur, that stylized capital U-R underscore. It's a collaboration with ICE, the International Contemporary Ensemble, and Nokia Bell Labs, the Finnish-owned American telecom research and development company. We talk about the role that technology played during that project in enhancing the musical experience. Oh, and quick note, this was recorded before the International Contemporary Ensemble officially divorced itself from its ICE acronym and requested it go by ICE Ensemble. Sorry about that, International Contemporary Ensemble. Anyway, I'm James Bennett, and you're listening to WQXR In Conversation with Anna Thorvaldsdottir. I wanted to start off by talking about uh, this project you're working on with uh, Nokia Bell Labs and its experiential access to the orchestra, right? You're listening to it, but you're with the musicians as they play. Can you just kind of talk about that to start? So my kind of project with ICE and uh, Bell Labs uh, started when we did a project with them in May 2018. And we were doing this kind of research into spacing instruments and, and being kind of in different places and, and playing. And uh, it was a very interesting project. And I know that uh, Ross and the guys from International Contemporary Ensemble, they've been working further and further with Bell Labs to kind of perfect this. But um, then we were also going to use some of this technology in my chamber opera, which we were going to put up this summer, but will now not happen. But we will continue to work on this. So for someone who's um, trying to get a hold on what exactly is happening, the idea is that the listener can experience the music from different from like different spatial locations where the music is being performed. Is that is that correct? Right. So, for example, what we did in 2018 is that we had like 50 speakers in a room. Then we were able to direct the instrument through these 50 speakers as we wished and kind of change the perspective within the kind of musical whole uh, from, from uh, where people are sitting, essentially so that you can really direct your experience and your attention between all these instruments, all these voices that are doing very different things. And, you know, my music isn't written in a way that needs this. It's more an exploration of kind of working with an element in this way. And then it's more about finding a way to lead the listener uh, through the kind of textural landscape of the music my involvement is is more kind of you know as a composer and where this exploration fits with my music so the chamber opera ur which is very different from kind of a traditional way of thinking about an opera 
So it has vocalizations that are not like traditionally operatic and things like this, but it was not written for this situation and it was premiered um, five years ago, but it, the ideas that we've been exploring with Bell Labs, some of them resonate really well with what we are uh, doing with our new production of Ur um, that we uh, are pausing somewhat now. But from my perspective, it's always about the music and about kind of um, finding a way to navigate uh, and finding interesting ways to communicate music. Can you talk about how this project or maybe tech in general can deepen the emotional resonance of music? I don't think about the technology deepening the emotional uh, experience, but it can enhance certain things. Which you can manipulate uh, the experience a, a little bit, but and it, and it can therefore enhance. But in the kind of overall atmosphere of the chamber opera is the element of intimacy. Um, I mean, and it's something I do a lot in music is to kind of really think about the atmosphere and think about the kind of way that you can enhance the atmosphere and the and therefore maybe the kind of emotional response. And and the chamber opera in the in the in its essence is really an exploration of of making um, the kind of individual experience uh, slightly uh, enhanced by, for example, placing performers close to the audience, etc., etc. So clearly you're at home. Um, there is a pandemic doing its thing all over the earth. As a composer who works alone, what is the one thing that you are unexpectedly missing most in, in your creative isolation? Well, I mean, it's obviously very difficult because, I mean, obviously I travel a lot as well. And... Uh, that is what I miss the most, not being able to travel and meet with performers and, and being there in close kind of contact with performers. My big passion as a composer is to work with symphony orchestras and large scale pieces, but I'm used to having these dramatic shifts, like being home alone, working, and then um, other periods when you're really uh, meeting with a lot of people and hearing a lot of music. and. Yeah, that's very different. You're, you said your passion is you know, creating these works on a symphonic scale. What compelled you to venture into the operatic composition you know, waters, even if it's for a chamber opera, even if it is, like you said, full of things that one would not tr consider traditionally operatic? The way that Ur happened was that I was commissioned and asked if I would like to do a chamber opera. And I thought about it for a long time because I really wasn't sure. And then um, I found ways that were very intriguing 
for myself to work with voices in, in different ways and to work with vocalizations and to create a narrative, kind of an atmospheric narrative and to kind of create a theater work, I guess. And that was very, very interesting to me, but it's not something that I really do, I would say. I mean, I do uh, with my music, I sometimes create atmospheric settings and things like this, but not in an opera type of way, if that makes sense. That being said, I have like this, uh, this deep passion for working with uh, large symphonic forces. And that to me is, um, it's, it's the same scale really to me as, an ex as I experience it, um, how you can work with textures and layers and nuances. What gives the orchestra that thing that, you know, operatic work doesn't? The way that I, I experience music and the way that I think about music really resonates with all these things you can do with orchestra because you can really create almost any sound you want uh, with all these instruments in an orchestra. And I really like working with many different layers and the way that you can really travel and have the layers travel between different sections in the orchestra. It just really resonates with how I think and how I experience music. Um, and it's, it's a very different um, thing from anything else, really, for myself. One of my favorite symphonic works of yours is Metacosmos, written in uh, 2017. Yeah, um, Metacosmos was uh, commissioned by the New York Philharmonic and premiered with Esa Pakasalonen in uh, 2018. And it was very precious for me to you know, work on that piece and I was very happy to do that with the New York Philharmonic and um, it was a very exciting project and uh, it's been performed um, around the world since, and it's been a big part of my last couple of years. So in that piece when I was listening to it, there's there's this clear sense, to me at least, of foreboding. And there's a little bit of like dread going on in there. And so I wanted to ask, what was going on like in your head as you were, as you were pinning this piece? So, I mean, when I was working on that piece, it was a lot about kind of the struggle between chaos and beauty and the element that you go into a spiral in a sense and uh, not knowing where you end up and to me musically uh, that idea is very inspiring and to have uh, opposing forces that you merge and you know take um, take apart in a sense. So I was working a lot with those two elements and having them merge and, and emerge.
Can you take me to the moment that you realized you were finished with Metacosmos? What did you feel? Yes, <laughs> that was, well, it was actually quite the struggle with, with Metacosmos because I, I kept on rewriting some of the parts a lot because I was never really sure. I knew what I wanted. I knew what I wanted to uh, to do and have and the the chaos I wanted to create in some parts. And so, but some of the parts I kept rewriting, never really being happy. And uh, so the moment I knew it was ready was actually ecstatic because I was so happy that I finally found all the the kind of components that I wanted. Um, and you know, it, it, it varies from piece to piece, but in this particular piece, there were moments where I thought I would never, uh, you know, find exactly right uh, balance. It seemed that you were trying to get at like the, um, the structural elements of nature, that ethereal kind of unpredictable uh, essence of like what's going on outside. Can you kind of talk to me about um, how you personally, creatively, just kind of like draw on what's going on in, in the natural world? I mean, when I have been inspired by nature, it's mostly been because of the, the, the structures and the kind of relationship between different forces in nature and how they interact with each other or, you know, um, clash with each other or flow together. You know, it's not that I, I'm not really approaching the inspiration from a, from, from a kind of, I, I'm not trying to describe nature at all. It's more that if I see or hear, find a, an element in nature that resonates with me musically, that's, that's where I'm interested in it. And, um, and there are many ways to think about that, um, but it's about perspective and kind of, and it's very inspiring that perspective with distances, with details versus the whole, and with, you know, forces like wind and sea and, you know, but it, it's not about romanticizing nature. It's about the essence. And that's very inspiring. In the Light of Air, uh, you know, the album that Ice put out, starts off with, uh, you know, some pretty, I guess, like straightforward um, wind sounds, right? Can you talk to me about the orchestration at all? Like how you're using certain instruments to capture those elements? When I'm um, thinking about instrumentation and, and uh, the sounds, then it's usually for me, uh, about kind of creating layers of sounds. And again, not to kind of describe any element, but because I find the sounds musically interesting and the relationship between different sounds, you know. So it's not just about kind of creating one sound, but the combination of sounds is what makes it uh, for me interesting. And for example, in, in the Light of Air, I'm using a lot of textures that are uh, ethereal and have this kind of wind element 
and uh, but also then combine those with lyricism in a way so that I actually write those out in uh, lyrical ways if that makes sense so that it's just not one sound but the sound moves um, and this is what I do kind of on various scales um, in my works and uh, kind of comes from uh, a space of listening comes from the kind of uh, the way that I hear it internally and uh, then communicate it. How do you think the way you hear it is different from someone else? For me, composing is very much an internal state and I hear just the textures, the sounds, just in my head really because I, I don't use an instrument when I'm writing and I spend a lot of time on finding the music before I start to write it out. And um, that's a very kind of, that's a process that you are really in a kind of state of um, some sort of music meditation, if you will. So, um, and it's when I have a good, clear idea about how the music sounds, then I start to write it. And again, this is where uh, inspiration then starts to maybe sneak in or you kind of draw the right ideas because there may be many ideas and some of them don't fit. And then throughout the pro whole process, it's about like erasing and, you know, removing things and then adding things. And it's a really difficult thing to uh, really describe, but it's like when you're writing a paper, you know, you have to add it continuously and, um, and then you just know when it's ready and when it flows best. My guest today was Icelandic composer Anna Thorvaldsdottir. She was supposed to premiere her new chamber opera, Ur, with ICE, the International Contemporary Ensemble, this summer at the annual Mostly Mozart Festival. But for reasons I can't quite figure out that has been canceled. However, you can go to her website to see what else is going on in Thorvaldsdottir land. This episode was produced by me, James Bennett, with Rosa Gollin and Luca Vasic. Our executive producer is Lucas Cronin-Grimberga.